Welcome to Ask the Expert with noted radio host Steve Sleeper. Each week, Steve interviews entrepreneurs and professionals and shares their intriguing stories of success and service. Now, here's radio veteran Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is criminal defense attorney Brock Benjamin with the Benjamin Law Firm in El Paso, Texas. Attorney Benjamin is a former prosecutor with a well-earned reputation for providing Texans with aggressive legal representation. I began the interview by asking Brock about himself and his firm. My name is Brock Benjamin. I am an attorney. I've been licensed for, I guess, since 2005, so right about 15 years. I got started in law a little late. I was in the Army. Got to do fun things like jumping out of planes, etc., Moved to El Paso as a prosecutor, and then after about three years of doing that in 2010, opened my own law firm, did that solo with um, one or two staff for a while, and then last year, hired an associate, Leonel Nunez, and he joined the firm, and then I had another paralegal join the firm, and so now there's a total of four of us that handle state, criminal, and federal Criminal defense, mainly. What should I look for in a good criminal defense lawyer? The two things I always break it down to is the only thing I can sell is experience and time. Experience is something that, you know, people are going to try and judge. One of the ways they do that a lot of times nowadays is through the web. The other one is whether somebody's willing to give you the time of day. There's a lot of different things. For instance, my dad was a hospital administrator. Doctors drive me nuts because you can never touch one. You can never talk to one or anything else. And so if you're going to hire a criminal defense attorney or any attorney and, you know, pay them what is probably a lot of money, you want to be able to get in touch with them. You want to be able to talk to them. You want to be able to find out why they believe what they want. And so time and experience are the two things I think are the best that you can have, the two most important things and how effective they use those two is usually determined a lot by reviews or something else like that. But those are uh, the two criteria. What happens after a person is arrested? You know, it varies from case to case, jurisdiction to jurisdiction, but the books will tell you you're taken in front of a judge. He gives you your rights again, and then a bond is set or not set, depending on the case, the type of case, et cetera. You know, more important for my purposes as a criminal defense attorney, uh, you're usually arrested, then you're interviewed by some form of law enforcement individual. I get a lot of calls that they told me they wanted to help me, and when they were interviewing me, they told me they didn't see any reason to deny what had happened. It's not so much about helping them, denying anything. It's you are an uninformed individual after you've been arrested, and you're dealing with a professional whose job is to not seek justice. Prosecutor's job is to seek justice. But a law enforcement individual is usually seeking information to support his opinion. And so a lot of times the most important thing that happens after you're arrested is somebody tries to interview you, which, you know, as they say, Miranda writes, anything you say can and will be used against you. That is what I think is something most people need to know that don't know. And so it's always frustrating when, they call you after they've already talked to the law enforcement individuals. What is the, uh, the process after criminal charges are filed in court? 
you essentially have begun the formal process. It's an indictment for a felony, and we'll cover that in a second, or information. But from the defense side, you continue reviewing the file. You investigate things if you haven't begun investigating or if you have more information now that the state, most places now have what's called open file policy. So you get to see everything that the state has. You begin negotiating, whether you can resolve it with a plea agreement or a plea bargain, as a lot of people, or you set it for trial or a plea and then sentencing. And so it's kind of a process that varies from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, court to court. But the, form, the main thing is we go from the formal charging document to a couple of different court settings where you find out what happens and then you go from there. Felony and misdemeanor. What's the difference between the two? Serious and Nerf court is kind of the joking way that I say that, but a felony has serious consequences. You can't vote. You can't own a weapon. If you've been convicted of it, you may have to register as a sex offender. Misdemeanor on the other hand is something that is punishable by under a year in custody. And that's pretty much across the board. Colorado has a couple of oddball things, but the problem that you run into is breaking down them down into serious and not serious is okay, except for when you start getting into domestic violence and driving while intoxicated charges. Those, extremely serious and sometimes more serious than uh, felony. But usually it breaks down right about the time of essentially a punishment over a year or punishment under a year incarcerated. But one thing that I think needs to be understood, whether it's a felony or a misdemeanor, is that if you plead guilty and if you're or if you're convicted at trial, a conviction is something that stays with you for life. That surprises a lot of people, but it stays with you for life. Okay, let's say I plan on pleading guilty. Do I still need a lawyer? You know, that's actually the one where you probably need a lawyer best because when you look at somebody, you say, what is the price, so to speak, or the going rate for that? Well, if you don't practice in that court on a daily basis, or with that individual, or you can't evaluate the type of evidence they have, you have nowhere to start. You can start all the way up at, for instance, if we're talking a felony, you can start at 10 years on a third degree felony. You don't have any reason to know that that may be just a probation type of case, or you may think it's a probation type of case. You may not understand that in this court, in this jurisdiction, you're going to probably be offered time and understand why. So yes, even if you plan on pleading guilty and you're like, I did it, I want to plead guilty, I want to accept responsibility, that's when you almost definitely need an attorney. Okay, so if I'm offered a plea bargain, should I take it? You know, 97% of federal cases result in guilty pleas. What you have to know before you can answer that question is, what's the evidence that they have against me? And what are the cost benefits to not taking it? For instance, in federal court, there is essentially a third, 33 or so percent increase in your sentence if you don't accept responsibility. So each case is unique and different, but you have to understand kind of the scope of where you're at as to guess that. But most cases nowadays are resolved with plea bargains. As we do this interview, Brock, we're about five months into the COVID-19 pandemic. I think it's a safe assumption you're open, but how are you doing business now? How are you handling cases? 
you know, we're open. We're doing business by Zoom. Zoom has become the norm. I'm able to sit in my office and handle things. I'm able to call clients more regularly because I'm sitting in my office. I'm not running around. And so it has become, at least for the legal profession, I think, a fairly good norm where we're able to be a lot more productive. And it'll be interesting to see what happens after the pandemic. Okay, how about the courts? Are, are they open? Are cases delayed? What's going on there? Courts are open. Courts are different case by case. New Mexico, for instance, is running full steam ahead in Alamogordo and having jury trials. Uh, lots of other places aren't having any jury trials, but we're having a lot of hearings. You're able to resolve things, and this is where I think some attorneys are failing. And you're able to resolve things if you want to try and resolve things on a way that is probably best suited to the client's needs. But yes, open. Some things are delayed. Some things aren't. It's just kind of on a various case by case. Are any cases tried on Zoom or anything like that? <laughs> I'm laughing because somebody in East Texas, I understand, tried a Zoom case and nobody will do it again because one of the jurors supposedly took a break, came back after the verdict was returned and said, I wasn't paying attention to what happened. So, no, cases are not being tried by Zoom. There are some judges who have suggested that, but that has kind of been beat down by both sides. Our guest today has been Brock Benjamin at the Benjamin Law Firm in El Paso, Texas. He can be reached at 915-209-7155. Thanks for listening to Ask the Expert with Steve Sleeper. Join us next time as entrepreneurs and professionals share their intriguing stories of success and service.